Gross. Sorry. You want Ziggy? <laughs> oh, good. What's up? No, I want soda. I have a bit. The dumb shit that happens on here before an episode starts <laughs> is like half as good as an episode. <laughs> You should make a um, a compilation of all of our pre-start. Uh, I, I delete them all because I don't save like original recordings. I just like edit the original file and get rid of it. So I don't have any of that. Maybe you should stop. It's too much storage space. I start. I was backing this up for a while, and I backed up up to I want to say like episode ninety or something. And I'm just like, ugh, I gotta keep plugging this hard drive in. And Thing is, people up. are missing out on some quality shit that we talk about before we even record. Yeah, you know what I? I, I mean, I guess technically I could, uh, as soon as we record, immediately save them as MP3s, and but then I'd be editing compressed files, and that sucks. Yeah. Not, it already sounds like shit, right? I mean, come on. I think it sounds all right. <laughs> it's you know what? I'll give us this. We have one of the best sounding Skype recorded podcasts I've ever heard. Because whenever whenever you hear like other than like you know really professional stuff, whenever you hear like people that do like a Skype recording like this, it sounds worse than ours. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're not doing too bad. What do people usually use instead of Skype? Same. Um, once a month I do a mental health uh, podcast thing on Zoom. Yep. And that's usually pretty good. So people usually, uh, for like podcasts, they use Zoom now? Sometimes, uh, yeah. A big one I've seen recently, they use Discord. Um, mm-hmm. Because the you can control audio a little better on Discord. You can like, whoever runs the channel can like lower and raise individual people's volumes. Oh, that's something to look into if Skype keeps giving us problems. Yeah. Uh, I mean, used to, remember we, we used to record on Google whatever it was? <laughs> Hangouts. Hey, Google Hangouts or whatever? That let me do that. I could, it could change your audio. <laughs> Skype does not have that. Oh, my microphone's up. Sensitivity's up too high. I could hear myself rolling up my sleeves. I've been listening to the, for the first time, I'm listening to a podcast, and it's the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. Oh my god, I should sign up for that. Where the, the, it's on Spotify, the three guys just talk about the episodes, they start from the season one, and they're only on like the fourth episode, and they like, oh my god, yeah, they talk about each episode, yeah, it's awesome, but like Mac, I guess, Charlie keeps telling Mac, because Mac puts his entire mouth like up next to the microphone, and he's like, your lips are (laughs) on it right now. (laughs) Oh my god! I love. I love. My mic died. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was good. And I had to literally sit on the floor with my face next to the mic on the laptop. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've all made sacrifices in order to uh, record this. Oh yeah. All right. Well, speaking of recording, let's get this started uh, because I've got Elisa's. Mom, sister, and two nieces are coming over at like two o'clock. So 
Oh, oh shit. Uh, yeah. But I could use this as my excuse to not hang out down there. Be like, oh, sorry, I was recording this really important, intense episode of the podcast. Yeah, we're all deep diving into some very serious issues. <laughs> yeah, it's very witty shit that I got to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. All right, let's get started. And we are back. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode number 115. Holy I'm your shit. host, Ryan Tudelo. Joining me are my co-hosts, Mike Whittemore and Shane Smith. Fellas, how are we today? Doing well. I'm all right. All right, good to hear. If you're listening to the podcast, we discuss horror movies, talk shit to each other, various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, whatever else happens to come up. We are the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. If you want to reach the podcast, the Gmail is all you need is blood pod at gmail.com. Facebook group, all you need is all you need is blood. Instagram account, all you need is blood podcast. And if you're listening to us, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Just type in all you need is blood and subscribe. Good job, dude. Oh my God, a breath on that one. My, I got like this like phlegm in my throat that I've been clearing. <laughs> like I, I'm muting the mic. I'm going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> Although this button is a little sketchy, sometimes it doesn't work. So if uh, if you hear a horrible loogie come up, uh, you'll know why. All right, noted. But, um, yeah, yeah. And I want to give out uh, a special shout to the uh, Contigo company. Uh, they make thermoses. And they keep this tea so fucking hot. I burned myself again when we were listening to that intro music. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I've never heard of that so company hot. before. <laughs> I don't know. We've got a bunch of the thermoses in the house. I like them because they fit in the cup holders of your car. My, uh, I have an Arctic, R-T-I-C, mm-hmm. and that shit's fucking awesome. I have a gallon steel for water, and then I have a little one, and uh, they both fit in my cup holder, too. Wait, you have a gallon thing that fits in your cup holder? No, not a gallon one, the little one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be super tall. It would like go through my roof of my car. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh good lord! All right, fellas, what has been going on? Have you guys been getting into anything recently interesting, Mike? Um, I've been working a lot. Um, but when I'm not working, I've been trying to play. Uh, I've been cycling out Halo Infinite multiplayer, which is a blast. Um, Forza, or Forza, sorry, and uh, my buddy and I have been playing Back for Blood, which we just beat for the first time last night, uh, which nice. is really fun. Um, other than that, I've just been, I gotta sit down and actually do my like top albums for the year, we're gonna do the top movies of the year, and try to cycle all this while working a shitload per week. But uh, yeah, a lot of 
exciting things. I'm hoping 2022 is, you know, better than these last two years. <laughs> yeah, not, not a big steaming pile of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've just been listening to new music coming out as much as I can. Uh, playing video games, you know, living the, the, the bachelor lifestyle, bro, you know? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Gross. How about you, Shane? Have you been getting into anything good recently? Um, not really. Uh, I went to the cinema a few weeks back, or a couple of weeks back, and watched the new Ghostbusters. Um, oh. I haven't heard anything about that. Have you not? Oh, okay. I'll go into it, if you like. Um, oh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, I mean, not spoilers. Uh, you want to do it now? Uh, no, order... we'll do it in a bit. Yeah, um, oh yeah, that's a better idea. We'll do, do it later on. Yeah, um, yeah. So I watched that. Um, I've watched a couple of series on Netflix. I watched um, Hellbound, um, which is a Korean. Oh, pardon me. Um, a Korean um, horror show, for want of a better word. Um, found that to be quite twisted and quite nasty in places but overall quite good um and then yesterday i sat and watched season one of elves um on netflix as well please tell me this is a remake of the dan haggerty classic (laughs) every time i see this elves thing being promoted i only think of the dan haggerty version i did what it's one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, we no, talked about it on here before. It's Nazi oh, right. elves, you know. No, the Nazi elves, Nazi incest elves. <laughs> no, this is a um, a Norwegian story. Um, it's six episodes. Each episode is like 25 minutes each. Um, so I literally watched the whole thing last night. And that was okay. It wasn't too bad. But yeah, that's another thing I'll go into in a bit. Other than that, I've been um, planning my Christmas, <laughs> which is going to consist of me and Ziggy in the flat on our own on Christmas Day. That sounds amazing. Not seeing anybody at all and avoiding humanity as best as I can. I love um, avoiding humanity. Because I fucking hate Christmas. So um, I'm just going to be... I'm not going to be a Grinch as such. I do actually have gifts to give to people, although not many, because I'm not seeing many. Um, But I will be spending my Christmas day at home watching horror movies and wallowing in self-pity and misery, which is what I do every year. But will there be figgy pudding? Figgy pudding? What the fuck are you on about? I don't know. Isn't that what British people eat on Christmas? No, that's usually Christmas pudding. We call it Christmas pudding. Wait, is figgy pudding, pudding like, like fig newtons, but not like the newton part, just the fig? They, they, right, they scrape out the inside of fig newtons is exactly how you make it. <laughs> you know what? You have, to, even, you have to buy I, like six packs of them. Some 60-year-old just like using a spoon <laughs> in like a right, dark warehouse. I don't, I don't know what figgy pudding is. I don't know what fig newtons are. But if fig newtons are anything to do with fig rolls... um. I don't know. And what do you think, Ziggy? I'm assuming fig rolls are more like higher society things. And fig newtons you just buy from Walgreens for like two for five dollars. And then you hate yourself after eating them. 
all I haven't oh. had fig newtons in so long. I, they were one of my favorite. Like I'd go Me over to grandma's house. There were fig newtons for days. Personally speaking, I, I think Christmas pudding is absolutely fucking disgusting. Uh, pardon me. And um, another British tradition is mince pies, which are a fruit-based pastry small pie. And it's like fruit and spices and lots of other disgusting stuff. Well, no, it's not disgusting separately because it's like dried fruits and spices mm-hmm. and candied orange peel and shredded apple and all that kind of stuff. Separately, all the ingredients are quite nice. Together, they are the most disgusting fucking vile thing on the planet. That sounds like the American version of fruitcake, which is gross. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fruitcake to us in the UK is just a slab of fucking cake with loads of fruit in it. No, um, no, this is this is a dense, uh, inedible mass. Uh, I don't know what it's made of, but it's uh, it's held together with like dried fruits and God knows what. And it's like so you could put... that's, that's okay, what, that's got to be the same thing we, then. Yeah, that's what we call Christmas cake, which is equally as disgusting. I can write a funny story regarding Christmas cake. My mother made me a Christmas cake about 15 years ago. And I was like, oh, nice, thank you. And I left it in the cupboard and completely forgot about it. Three years later, I thought, what the fuck is that up there? And I picked it up, and basically I had the icing shell in my hand, and the cake itself had turned to powder. Oh, my God. So I literally picked it up, and it literally, all this powder fell out. I was like, oh, right, that was the Christmas cake from three years ago. And Merry Christmas. Yeah, I literally threw it all in the bin and didn't say anything else. Um, Because my mother had this tradition where she used to make Christmas cakes for everybody in the family, and she decided to make me one, even though she knew I hated Christmas cake. And Christmas pudding and mince pies, but still she made me one. I thought, all right, I'll keep hold of it, you know, I'll stick it out of the way, and then just completely forgot about it. Mm. So yeah, um, yeah, Christmas cake, mince pies, and all the traditional stuff I will avoid. I'm not even having turkey this year, so um, we'll be having chicken. <clears throat> I will be doing myself a hunter's chicken for dinner. On Christmas Day, and I've already I've pre-roasted my ba- my roast potatoes um, with uh, garlic, pepper, and mustard. Um, so that in the freezer. I I roasted those the other day, and I will be doing a Brussels sprouts with bacon and chestnuts and garlic. Oh my god, that sounds so good. Yeah. Um, because I love Brussels sprouts. I always have. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Top but, five vegetable. Yeah, but I cut up a couple of rashes of bacon, a couple of cloves of garlic, a few chestnuts, crumble it all together, fry it all together, and then serve it on the side. Mm. And to me, that's just fucking amazing. And everyone I've cooked it for has said it was amazing, <laughs> even people who didn't like Brussels sprouts, which I thought was quite entertaining. But um, I'll also be doing um, whole grain mustard and honey glazed carrots with peas and what have you. 
carrots and can be just, eradicated from the world and i carrots oh my god glazed carrots are like candy they're so good oh, fuck that shit no, you can't, boy, you can't no, say a vegetable can be candy there's no oh my way. god it is absolutely it is i don't know bro well i had candy bacon for the first time a couple of weeks back oh you young babe <laughs> young <laughs> you naive child. Well, <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, going back to other shit, yeah. I have been buying some music. I bought the um, special edition of Garbage's Beautiful Garbage album, which was the 20th anniversary of that. And that came with three discs, which was quite cool. I've not actually bought any movies, but I have been telling people to avoid Halloween kills like shit on a toilet seat. Because I've had lots of people messaging me, oh, what's your best and worst movie? You know, it was like, really? You know, um, just avoid Halloween kills because it's fucking awful. But, you know, that's that's me. Yeah, we'll do our best and worsts on the uh, end of the year episode. I think we're going to put something nice together for that. Okay. Some ideas. I got I got a whole list of um, Shudder movies I need to go through first that came <laughs> out in 2021. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Last night. I, I can't wait to talk about it today. <laughs> I know you told us to watch like theater movies, but I I, I picked out a couple other ones that aren't in theaters. That's fine. I only have one movie for today. Anyway, Excellent. I've been so fucking busy. So, yeah. well, it's funny you say that actually, um, you guys, because none of the movies that you wanted me to watch, I have been able to watch at the cinema. Um. Antlers wasn't around at the cinema uh, locally, so that pissed me off. Um, even when I went to Birmingham Comic Con a few weeks back, um, we didn't even get to go to the cinema. So it was it was kind of strange and bizarre that I didn't go to the cinema because I love going to the cinema in other cities, but um, I didn't even get to do that. So hmm. that was a fucker. So the only thing I have managed to watch. Was locally was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Well, that's <laughs> that's more that's more than I did for big uh, big name cinema one, Shane. So I'm glad somebody watched that movie because I certainly did not get to it. Um, all right, let me go. I actually got a special thing for the podcast and for you guys. Uh, right before we started, I'm gonna put my camera on. Whoa! Uh, I, why can't I see my own camera? What's going Looking on? Looking good, thing? bro. Oh, I, it's tiny. Great. Um, I before the podcast started, I had to run to the door because I just got a box from Vinegar Syndrome. Oh no! And we're gonna do an unboxing. Do you know how many right. times I had this Vinegar Syndrome subscription in my cart, ready to check out for the whole year, and then I talked myself out of it? So I believe this box contains whatever my Vinegar Syndrome uh, subscription for twenty 2020, twenty or twenty twenty one. And the crap I bought on Black Friday. So we're going to see which gems came in today. Oh my god, it's full. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my god. <laughs> Good thing at least it doesn't listen to this. I can hide these movies in the stacks. That's about $1,000 worth of movies right there. Yeah, right? Five <laughs> years worth. All right. I got a uh, steel and lace. Uh, I don't know which one this is actually about. I th oh, it's got a lady with her brain taken out and a robot head placed in, so that's got to be good. 
Uh, TC2000, this was on the Black Friday list. I didn't realize this was going to be an individually numbered closed box. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think, who's this? Who's this? this is um, uh, Billy Blanks, I think, in a kung fu movie where he's a robot. So, yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Creature, this is a classic movie, Roger Corman. That's another great Blu-ray. Uh, Tiger Claws. I think this is my Tiger Claws box set. Uh, Cynthia Rothrock, Tiger Claws. Oh my good god. A uh, copy of Argento's Trauma. What's this? Ebola Syndrome. I've been waiting for this to come out forever. This is actually a really hard DVD to find back in the day. Um, this actually isn't through Vinegar Syndrome. It's one of their sister companies that they have and they release... Oh no, it is Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, I thought it was a different one. Yeah, this is supposed to be really fucked up. Um, I forgot what country it's from. It's an Asian film. There's a package of something in here. Uh, collectible photo cards to the movie Prospect, which is in this box <laughs> somewhere. Boarding house. Excellent. Prospect. Look at this box set. This thing is fucking awesome. That's awesome. This is another expensive one. I waited for Black Friday so it would be on sale. And we got more. The Rudy Ray Moore box set. <laughs> With Holy Dolomite, oh the Human God. Tornado, Petey Wheatstraw, which is the uh, the son of the devil, I think, and Disco Godfather. And if you watched, um, what's there, there's a movie with um, um, Eddie Murphy. I think it was called This Is Dolomite. Uh, it's, it's the story of Rudy Ray Moore. Fucking awesome movie, and I can't wait to go through those. Oh, and these look like my normal Vinegar Syndrome ones here. Let's see, I got The Grave. Uh, oh, this was an interesting one. New York Ninja. So the story behind this movie, Vinegar Syndrome buys like all these you know, actual reels of film. And in one box, they found all this reels, these reels of footage for a movie that never got finished. It was literally all the footage of the movie, but there was like the sound wasn't finished and it, was, it wasn't edited. It was just the raw footage. Uh, and it was a 1980s ninja movie. So they took it and they edited it, put it together and uh, added a voice track and made up the story and hired a whole bunch of like famous actors to do the voiceovers. And supposedly it's really hilarious. They did like the the premiere at a Connecticut cult classics a couple weeks ago. I wasn't able to make it. That's supposed to be amazing. Flesher Frankenstein, Mike. Nice. Mine's on its way. Uh, Censor. This is one I wanted to watch. I think this is a recent one. And that's about it. So that's what I'll use my what I've been getting into segment for. Spending way too much money at Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, dude. That Val had to talk me out of that one-year subscription, man. She had to talk me out of it twice because I put it in my cart, and I'm trying to justify it. I'm like, okay, it's $925 for the year. No, no, like, no. It's I... $75 off, Mike. Use the coupon code. <laughs> no, I don't. You can't use the coupon code if you've never done the subscription before. Oh. <laughs> so it was $925. Trust me, I checked. And I was, I had it in there and then I had it in my car. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy this tomorrow after I sleep on it. And then I told Val, I'm like, I think I'm going to do it. She goes, don't do it. 
because you're going to regret it. I'm like, I'm not going to regret it, but that is a lot of money. It's so much and money. And I, I decided next year I'll do it for sure. But then after I decided that I wasn't going to do it, I still had it in my cart. I was like, maybe I could talk myself into it by Monday. <laughs> but then I, I didn't do it. And then instead I got uh, Flesh for Frankenstein. And I got the... Um, uh, 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 there's so many different names for the movie, but Dial S for Santa or Deadly Games. Yes, or, Deadly Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that movie, and they had the the vinyl soundtrack of it, so I bought that as well. And then I went to Severin, and I oh, bought their Severin. their Night of the Demon steelbook yes. because I've been looking forward to that. They had like this that, that like little statue thing. It's probably like a little plastic <laughs> figure of the Bigfoot. Like- it was like it, an extra hundred dollars. Yeah, it looks so bad and stupid, <laughs> and I just couldn't justify spending that money on that. As as cool and niche as that is, I'm like, I can't do that. So yeah, th- I, those were my Black Friday purchases. I also got Night of the Demon because I was like, oh, I have to get this. Like, I I just did the regular set. I didn't, you know, not the the extra shit that they add in. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I can't. I, there's too many like toys and like gizmos and shit. Like, where do I put that? I just don't have a place for it. So it's hard enough putting DVDs in shelves. <laughs> All right, fellas. Now that we got through that, our spending sprees, I got a little bit of news to go through and maybe some other stuff that we want to take care of. News. Uh, so first up, this one's hot off the presses. Um, let me let me set this up by saying that uh, the Universal is putting out another one of their uh, dark universe movies or whatever you want to call it. Another one of their fits into the you know their new. Wait, line they're of actually releases. still doing that. I don't know. This is they're claiming this is part of it. Whether it connects to the Invisible Man or I don't know, I I don't I don't know what movies this is involved with, but one that they're making right now is a Dracula film. And with, uh, the yeah. Dracula film is titled Renfield. Okay, <laughs> how like excited we... for you are you okay. for this? <laughs> okay, and they cast Nicolas Cage in the movie. Now, immediately, I'm like, that is the best casting of all time. Nicolas Cage is the would be the greatest Renfield. He would he would surpass the previously greatest one from Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> However, he's not playing Renfield. He's playing Dracula. And I got to say, that made me disappointed a little bit. I, I would much rather have Nick Cage as Renfield. Um, but instead it's, uh, Nicholas Holt. Uh, he's the guy that plays beast in the X-Men movies and probably other things that I, I don't know any of those other things. Not Kelsey Grammer beast. Um, the new beasts. Yeah. So, he's got uh, that, that face. He's in things. Yes. I'm glad I'm it sure, could be so specific. I'm sure he is. I, I don't know. I only know him from uh, X-Men cause those are, cause I'm a nerd and I watch nerd movies. <laughs> So, uh, how do you guys feel about Nick Cage uh, playing Dracula? I don't like that. It could be entertaining. It could be funny. Right, but is that what they want? And for, like, in the Universal Monster world, if this is going to be, like, some big crossover thing or whatever, are we going to have to see Nick Cage? yeah. I just watched uh, Mad Max Fury Road, like, last week, and Nicholas Uh Holt is in that. And he's great in that. It's, like, a kind of a weird lunatic looking guy um but 
Cage is Dracula? I, I really don't know. Oh, I, but I can see his Renfield. I can see it already happening. Why would they not cast him as Renfield? I want to see Nick Cage crawling on the ground eating spiders. Like, yes. I think if they switched the casting, if they had Nicholas Holt, even though he's younger, is like Dracula, I would be down for that. No, you could do that. You could do young, sexy Dracula. They've done that before. Aquafina's in it, too, for some reason. Aquafina? Yeah, that uh, Asian actress who she's in, like, everything now. I don't know. She's in Shang-Chi. I haven't seen Shang-Chi yet. Oh. She's in other things, too. But mm. she's in, like, everything now, and I don't find her to be the best actress. IMDb doesn't have her listed as anything, so. But I'm down for it. Why not? Does Shane go to the bathroom? Yeah, Shane took a shit while we were talking about this, I think. <laughs> He's actually gone. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I fucking love it. <laughs> I'm absolutely leaving that in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so next up on the news. <laughs> There's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mike. And uh, it comes out February 18th on Netflix. Um, nice. And they've announced the title of the film. It's going to be called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not to be and... confused with... <laughs> Right, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake, uh, Texas Chainsaw, the sequel to the original, but it's also sort of like a reboot that crashed. Uh, so what is this, like the fourth or fifth movie titled Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, but, it might be. I know the one that they, it was a few years back, it was Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, that was right, the official right, right. name I, of the movie. I ignored the 3D part, because who would watch a 3D movie? <laughs> Um, but like, come on guys. And of course, like every other Texas Chainsaw movie ever made, it's a sequel to the original that doesn't pay too much attention to the other movies. <laughs> I, you know, if you're going to reboot it, just fucking reboot it. Just have ra- a new actor and everything. Just remake the first movie. If you want I would to. rather that I'd rather another remake to be completely honest than try to constantly going back to the original. Netflix is a good home for that, though, because they produce a lot of bullshit, and that's going to fit perfectly in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I don't. I'm going to watch this absolutely because it's going to be on Netflix. So, like, this is that's my, my point a few weeks ago. I think when I was talking about, um, like, yeah, I'll watch movies if they're just on HBO because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go see this, but I'll watch it because it's already on my streaming service. Like, yeah, I'll definitely watch this on Netflix because what else am I going to watch on Netflix? There's not really anything, so. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that sounds like garbage. Uh, I, I, they announced the cast, maybe. I looked at all the names. I didn't I didn't recognize a single one, so I ignored it. Um, it and I know that uh, Fede Alvarez is uh, producing it. Hmm. Um, so, however far that gets you, I mean, you know. Evil Dead remake and all that. Uh, he directed, but I don't know. As a producer, I mean, what kind of input does he have? The guy that is actually making this, I think he only made one other movie. Um, and I don't know. It's like, oh, ki- kids go to Texas and uh, and Leatherface is still alive. Uh, but he's your Le- Leatherface from the original. Even so. if Leatherface was 20 in that movie, he'd be 
in his late sixties right now. What is he doing? How big of a threat can that person be? I don't know. That that's why it. You, you know how um, the Texas 3D didn't make sense, like the timeline. Do you remember that when that came? Yeah, out? they were like the the main people were like twenty years old, but she was supposed supposedly born in the seventies. Yes. Right. Like that didn't make sense. And I feel like this is the same kind of thing. Like you have to just reboot it and just say, oh, no, this isn't, you know, this is a new thing. Just redo the first one. I mean, not redo the first one, you know, remake the idea. I think that they're having trouble with the like tone of it because Texas Chainsaw Massacre makes sense coming from the 70s and it being gritty and just backwards and rednecks running around with chainsaws. Like you can't really do that now. At least I don't think. In HD, that, 4K. yeah, like, well, not even just that, but like the the premise of the movie, like, there's so much technology and shit now. It's kind of hard to set a movie now. Like, if there was going to be a reboot, it would just be some, you know, the the dude would be on the news in ten minutes. <laughs> so I, I think they're really struggling to hold on to that seventies the thing because he can't like you know he came from the seventies and you know that's when everything started happening and he's still like a product of that time and everything. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, um, I just hate to. Well, I just got an email from Waxwork Records. Um, they are basically um, there's the Godzilla box set. They're releasing, and there's a pre-order for Bloodsport soundtrack. The soundtrack to Bloodsport? Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme. With the Kumite song. I'm very familiar with it. Did you yeah. get my uh, Godzilla thing, Ryan? I saw your, the, you saw the, the link to Desadroya? Yes. Desadroya! Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, got, um, it's remastered. It's expanded. It's a double, deluxe double LP. Holy Grail for retro 80s fans, synth-driven soundtrack, lovers, and anyone preparing for an epic Kumite battle. It's $36. Kumite, Shane. Kumite. Oh, whatever. It's $36. <laughs> Obviously oh, not it's... a Bloodsport fan. No. That's, so, that's, yeah, it's, it's actually so the volume doesn't look too bad. It's so expensive for yeah. fucking... I hate, it's like that's the only thing I don't like about wax work. It's like, hey, here's this great soundtrack. Hey, you're gonna be paying forty dollars for it. That's why I stopped buying their stuff. There, there was a um. It was I actually, sold, the, I actually sold some of my wax work stuff at the Connecticut Horror Fest. They had a box set of, I want to say it was the Showa era Godzillas, like the first, I don't know, fifteen or twenty Godzilla films. It was a yeah. box set of their vinyl soundtracks in one box. Yeah. And it was like $400 or something. $600. It's ridiculous. I don't even know. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But my, my other thought that went across my head is like, uh, they're pretty much all the same. Like, they all have the, the Godzilla song. Wah, wah, wah. It is. Right? <laughs> like, Anybody how many even... times are you going to hear that? Yeah, and that show era soundtracks, the one where Shane was talking about, is $450. The thing is, it was only available in the U.S. You couldn't actually buy it out of the U.S. Oh, oh, that is the one I'm talking about then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, um, it was a U.S. exclusive, so you couldn't even. They wouldn't even ship it to the U.K. or anywhere else. I don't know that. I would have to pass on. But I think I actually 
<clears throat> sold my George Romero vinyls last year. Um, I got eighty pounds for both of them. Yeah. Um, because I obviously I wasn't going to be able to complete the collection because I wasn't going to get the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack. Um, no, not Dawn of the Dead. Um, yeah, it was Dawn of the Dead. Um, I couldn't even get that. Like, so, uh, fucking laced records too, man. Tekken, they just have a Tekken 7 limited edition 4 LP box set. 80 bucks. Like, come on. I bought the Gears of War one. Uh, it has the first three soundtracks. And I, I don't get it until, like, February. But it's a hun- it was 150 bucks. Oh, my God. But I bought it anyway. I, Mike, I just got that laced order. You, when you, you sent me, like, a year ago. Yeah. Uh, laced pre-orders for the Street Fighter Alpha soundtracks. And I bought them. They came yesterday. Yeah, man. I mean, that's all vinyl right now. There's only a few different places in the world that they actually like make it. So everything is on back order from yeah. laced records to death metal to, you know, jazz. Like all that stuff is going to be. It's a long time. Mm. Now I just got to get a way to play it. Thing <laughs> is, I, I find with a lot of the vinyl is so fucking it is so fucking expensive. And it never used to be like that. And it's all down to the heavyweight vinyl. And not only that, it's all down to the cost. It's, co- it's the cost of the vinyl that they use and the pressing plants who charge through the nose to do it. Not to mention there's multiple bands who are placing pre-orders. And the, you're right, the backup for it is just ridiculous. But it's also the record companies that are releasing it. They think because they're a name artist, for instance, like Depeche Mode, they put out an album two well what was it four years ago the last album they put out and they were charging 36.99 for a double album and it was through the record companies and it was just fucking ridiculous and i won't buy it i won't buy vinyl anymore there was a nice little phase where i got some nice collection of vinyl but i won't even buy it anymore because it's just too fucking expensive i've even stopped i've even put a halt on me by finishing off my nine inch nails collection so pretty much got every album of theirs apart from three. And I'm not even going to bother with those. Because they're so pricey. Yeah, it's yeah. expensive. Even used stuff is expensive now. Like I've seen, I've, you know, you go to like these used record shops or, or even just like um, there's a couple um, like DVD places near me and they started selling used records. Like people will come in, bring their records, they pay pennies for them and then... Uh, they turn around and they sell them for ten bucks a pop, and you're like, "This thing probably doesn't even play anymore." Like it's a yeah. piece of shit somebody had in the garage. See the album, right? The vinyl you used to get in the '80s. See, I don't, because I'm old enough to remember this. Um, it was so thin, and it was so so fragile. You only have to you only had to drop it, and it would snap. Oh. So I can I can I can imagine I imagine. The reason why they make it so heavyweight is because to stop it from breaking so easily. But literally, vinyl in the 80s, you literally get a piece of vinyl, it'd be like two millimeter, well, about three millimeters, four millimeters thick. That's so like, you look. That's at, like two thirty seconds of an inch for our American listeners. Yeah. So it's you'd buy vinyl back in the day, and it was so fucking light, you could literally just, well, for instance, I had. When I was about five years old, I had an album by Kate Bush and my mother and uncle got into an argument in the front room and I'd just taken the record off the record player, 
put it in the sleeve. My mother sm- smashed it out of my hand and smashed it over his head. That's pretty metal. That's funny. Yeah. Sorry for your loss of your record. No, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I was more upset about the vinyl. Oh, absolutely. It took my mother 20 years to replace it. Yeah, and that's because bad. she found it in a fucking charity shop. And I bet you never let her forget it. I didn't let her forget it. <laughs> that's I was like, I'll never forgive you for that. You smashed my fucking record. <laughs> you know, it was a birthday present off my sister, and she smashed it. And I was fucking... Go- I was devastated she'd done that. I was five. You know? Wow. But well, it was just like, I couldn't believe she'd done it. Well, Shane, in one of my uh, other excellent transitions... Uh, to get back on topic, speaking of musicians, um, there's a new film coming out called Studio 666, starring the yes, Foo Fighters. I, I saw playing, the trailer for that. Right, starring the Foo Fighters, playing the Foo Fighters, and they move into like a haunted mansion, and it <laughs> looks like it's an Evil Dead style slapstick. I don't know. I, I saw some practical effects in the teaser trailer. Yeah. I'm actually kind of excited for it, and I'm willing to like give Dave Grohl a chance on pretty much anything. So, yeah, I think I'm going to watch this. See, to me, Dave Grohl is the man. He always has been. Yeah. He's always been really fucking cool. And the shit he does for fans as well is just awesome. So, to me, Dave Grohl is an awesome musician. He's an awesome right. person. Um, and I saw the trailer for it, and I think the whole idea behind a possessed Dave Grohl um, potentially killing off all the members of Foo Fighters sounds quite funny. I know. Ziggy's in as well. Yeah, you in for you up for it? He watched the trailer with me last night. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that looks pretty good. I'm I'm kind of pumped on that. That's gonna be. Yeah. I, I just hope it goes to, again. I hope it goes to the streaming service because I'm not going out anywhere to watch this. Well, no, it's going to cinemas, isn't it? It's going Probably. to cinemas. No, it is going to cinemas on the tra- on the trailer. I'm pretty sure it said it's going to cinemas January 25th. Hmm. Oh, I've got February written in here. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I forgot where I got this info. I think I got it from upcominghorrormovies.com, so if it's wrong, we can all just blame Mike Wilbur. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it's on the trailer. It's actually on the trailer. Oh, and then... Oh, oh. <laughs> I have to let Mike know. All right, fellas, let's get to our main topic. I can hear Mike stretching out <laughs> his organs. Uh, Ziggy has sat himself down right in front of PC, so... That's what they do. Yeah. Yep. So, Mike, uh, our topic was what? What were we doing? New movies or? Um... Yeah, I mean, we talk about old movies a lot. I figured we give some uh, newer movies a shot. You know, sure. good or bad, just give some reviews of what we thought. Okay. Uh, well, I got. I actually watched three movies in prep for this. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't have to cover all of them, but I, there's two I definitely want to cover. Um, so why don't I go through the first one? And then uh, we'll let you go, and then we'll let Shane go on whatever he was going to talk about. Yeah, well, so, I... you're the boss. Uh, yes, I knew it. <laughs> Note to self, take that clip out. <laughs> okay. Uh, first one I watched was Prisoners of Ghostland. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a second, Ryan, that's not a horror movie. And to that, I say, I don't give a fuck. I'm talking about it, so. <laughs> Everyone of... shut off the podcast. Yeah, shut it down. Prisoners of the Ghost Land is a, um, a Japanese-directed 
um, co-production between Nicolas Cage and uh, this guy, uh, Sion Sono, who is the director. Um, I, he did a ton of Japanese movies. I've never seen any of them. Um, I'm sure he's a, a much bigger deal than, uh, you know, I just don't know. I don't know anything about the guy. Um, so I came in it as a Nick Cage fan. Uh, the movie's on Shudder, so if you wanted to watch it, you could pick it up pretty easily. Stars Nick Cage. It's got Bill Moseley, uh, obviously. Um, Sophia, Bu- uh, Sophia Butella, who we've probably seen in, like, Star Trek. Uh, she was the mummy in Tom Cruise's The Mummy, the last time the Dark Universe got flushed down the toilet. Um, and she was in I saw she was in Monsters Dark Continent, which I think is the sequel to Monsters. I know yeah, I watched I watched that on Netflix, like... I can't, like a million years ago, and I cannot for the life of me remember what happens in it. Um, and it's also got uh, Nick Cassavetes, who is like in so much shit. He's in like a ton of action movies and stuff. He was in The Wraith, Blind Fury, Face Off, Hangover 2. He's like one of these sort of like background guys or like a uh, he's always the member of a team or one of the bad guys. Um, sort of like a character actor, but he's pretty good in a lot of stuff. Um, this movie, Prisoners of the Ghostland, is so fucking weird. And I feel like um, it's weird on purpose to a point that they're, I don't know, they're like overreaching the weirdness. Like we want this to be as weird as possible and we want it to be as like visually odd as possible to like draw your attention even though the plot doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense and we, we don't have a way to get the characters out of a situation we just like oh it was a dream or they wake up and they're out of the situation like the, the, the way the movie progresses is like various states of being awake and then like the characters being knocked out and then they wake up again and you're like well how the fuck did that get resolved was that a dream or was that or did they pass out again and get put somewhere else there's that there's one point in the film where nick cage gets knocked out and wakes up goes through this whole sequence where they explain the background plot to him and then he wakes up again and it's like two scenes previously and i'm like wait well did that not happen like they moved to different locations they had a big party like was that not real or was that i had no idea what was going on so like the plot's kind of nonsense um, it, the movie's very Japanese and there's like a lot of like humor injected into the movie. Some of it's really, really, really bad. Um, but like the good stuff is that there's a lot of beautiful shots in the movie, lots of great colors. The soundtrack is actually pretty damn good. And like some of the original scores and stuff are actually awesome in it. And the set design is pretty cool. It's sort of like in a post-apocalyptic type world. And, you know, there's a lot of like burned out buildings and cars and stuff and everything it it looks really interesting but the movie's 100 percent style over substance there's like not a lot <laughs> to like get into this movie uh nick cage is an excellent um crazy nick cage performance as you would expect uh it's bonkers there's all kinds of goofy shit there's like towards the beginning of the movie just to give an example um he, Nick Cage is given like this sort of like Japanese sports car uh, and he's sent off to go rescue um, the the daughter of um, Bill Mosley, who's like the governor of this town or something. And he's given this vehicle and Nick Cage like takes the keys 
and then run t- runs towards the car, jumps over the hood, steals a bicycle, and starts pedaling out of town. And, and, and it like plays like a goofy music or something that's like and like <laughs> and then like they follow him with the car and they're like hey you need to drive the car he goes oh I guess I don't have a lot of time then all right fine and like then gets into the sports car and you're like what what it's why is that in this um there are some excellent action scenes there's a lot of Japanese sword fighting there's like a whole like samurai one of the characters is like a samurai warrior and he like kills everybody. And then Nick Cage has to fight him. And there's this huge samurai battle. Um, I don't want to spoil too much in the movie because it is new. If people do want to watch it. Um, there's some weird dialogue in it where you can tell it wasn't written by someone who speaks English, even though the characters are speaking English. Like they use phrases that English speakers don't use. You're like, well, that, doesn't really make sense like they say these things over and over as if they're they're like common phrases but it's not like it's off a little bit uh, it, it's hard to sort of give an example of and there's also Japanese actors trying to say uh, English lines and it's very difficult to understand them because you could tell these are actually Japanese actors but they're speaking English and I had to put on subtitles just to like you know, see, keep in mind what's going on because half, well, probably more than half the cast is Japanese. Overall, uh, I didn't like the movie. It was annoying. It was too difficult to follow. Uh, the goofy shit, the tone just did not match. And um, there were some weird, like, gore effects. And you're like, okay, we're, we're going a little splattery at a couple points. So that's funny. Um, and there's one point where one of Nicolas Cage's testicles gets blown off with an explosive. So, um, that's, that's about all I got to say about Prisoners of the Ghostland. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys had seen trailers for this or caught it at all or read up on it. Uh, have you heard about this one? No, nope. I've heard of it, but I, I always heard from everybody how much it sucked. Yeah, it does suck. As a huge Nick Cage fan, I don't recommend this. It like, <laughs> yeah, and Ziggy agrees too, so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my first one, Prisoner of the Ghostland. Not worth a watch, but uh, I guess if you're in, in, interested in checking it out, it's on Shutter. So at least it's free if you have that. Uh, you want to go with yours, Mike? Yeah, sure. Um, so I decided to uh, watch that movie Antlers that came out this year sometime. Um, I was pretty hyped for it because the trailer made it seem like. You know, it was going to be a creature coming out of the woods and killing people. You know, and I'm, all, I'm always down for that. Um, but what I got was, man, it's the most cliched story I've seen in a really long time. You know exactly what's going to happen to all these characters. Uh, Carrie Russell's in this. She's the star. And her acting is super bland in it. She kind of just goes through the motions. And she's very annoying as a character. Um, some of the story is that a, uh, kid, it starts off with a kid in a, in a truck and his dad is going in to cook meth in in an abandoned mine. And yeah, so he's just kind of sitting in the truck while his dad is in there doing his thing with his buddy and they hear a, a loud roar and they're like, what is that? And it cuts to apparently his other son 
keeping them in a room because his dad and his brother are both infected with some sort of disease. Uh, so this little kid, you know, he he kills animals and he finds roadkill and he goes and feeds it to to you know his family because he's keeping them alive. All the while, uh, Carrie Russell is his teacher, and she's very concerned about him. Uh, her brother, who's also co-starring this, Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad, and he's a really good actor from Fargo. He uh, He's also, like, I think he's the sheriff of the town. I don't think he's just a normal cop. And, you know, she's very concerned about uh, the little kid whose name is Lucas. And she she's his teacher, and she tries to get to know him a little bit. And obviously, his clothes are like ragged. There's like holes in them. Obviously, he has a really shitty home life because his dad's a monster now. Um, but she keeps like she keeps talking to her brother about this, and her brother is just like, "Hey, this is the law. This is what we're gonna have to do." And she keeps going, "No, this is the reason why I'm gonna get involved." And he's like, "You gotta stop." And she goes, no, because uh, she just she keeps inserting herself. And it drove me nuts because if there wasn't a monster, this movie would be super annoying (laughs) because she keeps trying to like I I get it. She's trying to be the the concerned, uh, you know, teacher. And it's revealed that she was abused when she was a, a little kid, which was had a really weird scene that I'll get into. But uh, she goes to the house like she's she's putting herself in all these dangerous situations. And her brother, Jesse Plemons, is like, you need to stop doing this. And as a main character, she's super annoying with this. Um, You know, the kids got a bully and, you know, certain people will go to the house. And it's just a typical horror movie where people just keep going to places and they keep dying. It's 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 pretty frustrating. Um, I thought this movie would be a little more creative than what it was. Um, the one part that was kind of creative that I didn't really expect was the uh, flashbacks of Carrie Russell uh, getting abused. Now, they don't go into detail or anything. There's no, like, trigger warning for this. But it they, they in order to show that she was abused, there is a scene where she's playing the piano and there's a flashback of her when she was a kid and her father who was abusing her is lying on the bed with his dick tucked between his legs and he's like sucking his thumb or he's like doing something real weird and that's never brought up again. Don't know why it was even put in there because you know, the typical, you know, it's, it was said that she was abused and it's pretty heavy handed throughout the movie. It's, it's a major th- why she's even helping him or trying to help Lucas. But why is his dick tucked between his legs lying on a bed? It was just weird to me. Um, Big Buffalo but, Bill fan. Yeah, it was, it I was, was about to say that actually. Um, but though, the one thing I really did like about this is the creature effects. Um, there's a lot of times that there's, uh, this, this, creature uh which is i think i don't know if it was revealed in the trailer or not of what it is so i won't talk about it but the the way this thing looks is really cool looking really cool looking um there's like a mix between cgi for the uh the harder parts that could they probably couldn't do with practical effects but a lot of the effects in this are practical you see like half-eaten people 
and it's done really well. Which I which I gave as high of a uh, rating for this as I did is because of that. Um, the other thing that I that's the only thing I'd probably give a positive on besides the uh, little kid Lucas. He does a great job in this acting wise. He actually like looks like you know a, a kid from like a broken home. He does an awesome job. Um, but the climax is also super goofy because they make. You know, uh, Carrie Russell try to be this superhero type person when she's like a hundred pounds, and it's real stupid. <laughs> I just, I at the at the end of it, I was uh, kind of amazed I would even go that route. But yeah, otherwise, I, I'd probably give this like a five out of ten. I really like the effects, but it was not the movie I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be way more different, I guess. But you really get a typical horror story where it's just they're trying to solve a mystery of what's killing these things or what's killing people. And yeah, it's it's pretty repetitive from past movies. So I, I wouldn't go out of my way to rent it because when I was trying to look to where to watch this besides the movie theater. Everything was about 20 bucks to rent it. I, I yeah. don't think it's worth $20. Hmm. So that's disappointing. Cause I, I, I was pumped on these, tra- the trailers for this. It looked really good. There are those scenes that, that do have the creature in it is looks great. I think it's hmm. worth watching for that, but it's not worth the $20. Gotcha. If this ended up streaming on something like Netflix, check it out. Yeah. Then. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah, that's too bad though. Uh, I was looking forward to that one. I was actually that was one of the ones I was looking for and I couldn't find, so I didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll watch something else. Yeah, oh, that's too bad. All right, Shane, you actually went to the movies, right? Like a like oh, a geez. real person. Fantastic. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, it was kind of unusual and strange and shocking because it was the first time I'd been to the cinema for two years. Um, and I went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife with a couple of friends. Um, it was kind of funny because I went in not knowing anything about the film. I'd seen the trailers and hadn't even bothered looking at looking at any of the write-ups for it. Um, it was I, my buddy Lee and his partner Michaela, uh, who I went with, they'd already seen it the night before. So... Um, when I mentioned that I was going to go and see it, they were like, oh, we'll come with you. I was like, okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I went in, obviously, not knowing anything about the film. Um, but it was quite a slow build-up movie. I mean, you've got the characters. It's like you've got a single mother and her two kids arriving in a small town. And basically, they've inherited a house um and it's in the house what they realize um small spoiler alert because it is called afterlife for a reason um it's basically their one of their their grandfather has passed away and he was one of the original ghostbusters um and it was it's in the house it's where they discover all this various shit and the son, he's more interested in girls. The mother is just like basically saying how much of a how much of an asshole her father was. 
and he didn't give a shit. And they find out, they find out that in the town where he was living, he was an absolute asshole to to everybody there. Um, but as the film progresses, they suddenly realise that shit has been going on, and he's essentially been protecting the world from this thing that's going to happen this kind of like ghost apocalypse type thing um so basically you've got um obviously it's called up it is a sequel to one of the original movies i think it's i think this is a sequel to ghostbusters 2 anyway but it's um you've got some you've got everybody from the original movie is in it Hmm. which is great and you've got Paul Rudd in this one who plays Mr. Gruberson, the school teacher, which is kind of funny. And it's this is funny actually, because he teaches like weekend school, so it's Saturday school. So he turns up and basically says to the kids, Right, guys, everybody, I know you don't want to be here. I don't want to be here either. So he puts on Cujo for the class to watch while he sits <laughs> in the back room in his office, which is brilliant. Um but it's uh, he, he basically discovers. It turns out he was a massive fan of the Ghostbusters from the original movie, and when he finds out that Finn Wolfhard and McKenna Grace are the grandchildren of um, I think uh, what was his fucking name? Um, I think it's Egon, even though I haven't seen it. Yeah, Venkman. Yeah, that's Egon Spanger. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. They, um, no, not Spanger. Oh fuck me! Venkman's Bill Murray. No, it's, no, that's not Bill Murray. Oh, Harold Ramis. No, yeah, Harold Ramis. The Harold, Harold Ramis. Egon. That's Egon. Yeah, yeah. Basically, e- Egon's grandchildren. Thank you for that, because I completely lost my shit there for a minute. Um. Yeah, basically, it's when he finds out that they are Spengler's grandchildren and they realise that there's a lot of stuff to do that they've got in the house is kind of historical. And that's when they find Ecto-1 in the garage or in the shed and it's looking a bit worse for wear. And then Finn Wolfhard discovers that it actually works. But by mysterious circumstances, um, he gets in, takes it for a ride, picks up his sister and her friend, who is a little kid play, um, called Logan Kim, plays a character called Podcast, um, which is Yikes. quite funny. And he's quite an, he's quite a funny little character in the whole film. But he's basically walking around with a tape recorder and a mic, and like talking about all mysterious shit, all the weird shit that's going on in the town they're living in. Um, and basically, they just go for a ride around. They discover the the tricks about the car and, like, the extend, expe- expanding seat out of the side of the car and all this kind of stuff. It's actually quite cool. Um, but obviously, as it, um, as it builds up, the action gets more interesting. So it's when they find, like, there's a mountain in the town and there's like, a lot of weird shit happening around this mountain. So they discover that um, 
Spengler was pretend was protecting the town um, as best as he could from this um, this mountain, basically. And it's essentially it's the return of Dozer, um, and like all the all the weird shit that's going on because you find out what happens to Spengler at the start of the movie. And then it kind of progresses with like lots of action and lots of comedy moments as well. Um, and it's it's got feel good vibes about it. It is obviously a sequel. Um, there is a lot of CG in it. Unfortunately, there's no fucking Slimer in this movie, which I was kind of pissed about. But there's a new ghost called Muncher. That you should uh, keep an eye out for. But um, I enjoyed the movie. You know, it was. I didn't enjoy it as much as I as much as I loved the first two movies. And let's not talk about the debacle that was the film that came out in twenty sixteen. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. Everyone from the original movie is in this, which is great. Um, J.K. Simmons is in it as well. Um, and he's got quite a funny part in it, but there's it's enjoyable. It is really enjoyable. Um, there's some nice little touches. There are some nice little throwbacks to the original film, um, and I think uh, a lot of people will enjoy it. There is a lot of love for it already, but there's also a lot of people who are saying that they they could have done so much better. It delivers the lip service for the fans, and there's some very poignant. Um, knockback throwbacks to Harold Ramis as well. And I would give it a seven out of ten. Seven and mm. a half out of ten. I was a little worried about the fan service uh just watching the trailers. To me, the trailers came off more like a hey everybody, you remember Ghostbusters? Well this is Ghostbusters again. Like it's it seems like they were throwing, you know, it's got stay puffed. It's got all the Ecto One, it's got like all the crap that was in the old movies, and to me, it seemed like it was a hundred percent fan service. Is there like, does it have its own plot? Is it is it its own it, thing, or is it really just to deliver, you know, more toys and <laughs> Ghostbusters crap? <laughs> it's it's kind of like a mix. I said, I mean, obviously, I don't want to. Shane. No. Oh, his mic broke. Get get ready for him to be on the floor. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Oh, he's back. What the fuck happened there? I don't know. You just you were in mid sentence. You just cut off. <laughs> huh? Okay. All right. Well, my internet is working, so that's all good. Um. Yeah, that's just completely thrown me off. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There was kind of like it's a, a mix of both really you've got your new toys you've got the fan service um and yeah obviously you've got goza and it is it's semi a retread of the original movie mm. but it kind of it brings it up to date okay yeah and when you talk about stay puffed 
it's just the mini stay puffed, which are quite funny. Um, I thought the mini stay puffed were better than the big one, to be fair. But, I don't know. When Walter Peck gets hit with all that marshmallow, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell me. Is Walter Peck in this? Because if he is, I will absolutely watch it. No, he's not. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love no, that he's... guy. Um, but it's really cool, actually, because um, obviously the film itself, they ded- dedicated it to Harold Ramis, hmm. which was quite nice. Um and uh, it was really funny because there was, I'm looking at the uh, the trivia and Paul Rudd announced it he, um, via social media. He was going to be in the movie while standing in front of the Hook and Ladder 8, Ghostbusters HQ in New York City. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, and there's also some really cool footage um, that they never used for the first movie. So there's like all YouTube footage of the Ghostbusters um, like saving the world in 1984, and it's all done from different camera angles and stuff as well. So there's original footage from the movie; they just never used it, and it's oh, like crowd footage cool. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's just crowd footage, and it's really cool how they use it because it's like the daughter or the granddaughter of Spangler. She basically watches all the footage on YouTube which is really cool. And then when she realizes that something not quite right is going on in the town, she calls the original number. Now that's interesting. You said they use crowd footage because my uncle claims he was in Ghostbusters because he was right. in New York city when they were filming. Okay. And he claims that there's like one scene, you can see the arm of his jacket like on, the, <laughs> on, the corner, on the corner of the frame. So I wonder if there's like, if there is actual additional footage from the original, maybe I could see him in this, in this one. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like one of these, one of these blinking, you'll miss it. You'll just see like video footage while she's watching it on YouTube and stuff. Ah. So it's, you see all this stuff there and it's like, Oh, that's really cool. You know how they did it. So, um, yeah, so she calls the, the actual number and she gets through to Ray on the phone, which is really, really funny because he's still doing his occult bookshop. And, you know, it's like, it's, he's like, as far as I'm aware, that the original, the, the firehouse is now a Starbucks or something like that, which is quite funny. Um, and it was, it was just some of, the, some of the one-liners in it are brilliant. Some of them are really, really funny. And you know it was it was worth it for that. And I got I got a bit of sentimental during the movie, especially when you have like the throwbacks to the original movie. I mean, at the end of the film, you get the original theme of Ghostbusters played over um, by Ray Parker Jr. You know, just for that added touch. So that was really cool. Awesome. All right, well, that's a good little rundown of that movie, so you'd recommend it, huh? I do, yeah. I do recommend it, because it was fun. Um, You know, it had some great humor in there, and it delivered. It did deliver. Awesome. And I say kudos to um, Paul Rudd for showing the kids in the class Cujo. And there was also another movie that he showed him, another horror movie that he showed him, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. 
Mm. But it's just got all these kids sitting in Saturday classes, like, right, here's your homework, and he sits on Cujo. I thought, fucking sweet. <laughs> Even though I fucking hated Cujo itself. I mean, I, I picked it up a couple of years ago on DVD. Uh, it's quite funny, actually, because I thought to myself, you know, the book was so much better. The film is just shit. <laughs> I still like it. It's filthy. It's like a dirty movie. Gross. Dirty. <laughs> awesome alright let me go through my other movie I got here Shane um, so I also watched last night last last night I watched last night in Soho um, I want to see this yes so just came out this year I'm not sure when it got released I, I actually it literally no came out two weeks ago oh okay um, yeah. directed by Edgar Wright and this is yeah. not his usual style movie it's not like Shaun of the Dead or anything like that um, it's got, uh, Thomason McKenzie, who was in, um, the M. Night Shyamalan movie Old, and, uh, also Jojo Rabbit, two movies I haven't seen. <clears throat> it's got, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, Jojo Joy. Rabbit's so good, dude. I've, I've heard it's really good. I don't mean yeah. to cut you off, but yeah. No, no, that's fine. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's like on a list. I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. Um, it's got Anya Taylor-Joy, who is like, I love her. She's fucking awesome in everything. Um, it's got Diana Rigg, uh, the old lady from Game of Thrones, and she played, um, Emma Peel in the British Avengers, not yeah. like Captain America, like the TV show. Um, and who else is in this? Oh, Terrence Stamp, uh, who was General Zod in Superman 2, which is kind of weird because also that night we were watching, um, Boardwalk Empire. And Michael Shannon is on Boardwalk Empire. And I go, babe, that's General Zod. And she's like, okay. And then this morning, I'm watching this one. And I go, oh, my God. I go, babe, that's General Zod. She goes, that's not the same guy. I'm like, no, but they're both General Zod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And then she walked out of the room and hasn't talked to me since. So, Understandable. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no one should. Um, so, yeah, this movie is – it's uh, – it's a weird movie. It's kind of like a mixture of different genres. It's sort of like a, it's like a whodunit. It's like a, a ghost movie. It's part horror. It's, um, it's a drama. Like there's like a lot of stuff going on. It's psychological. Um, I mean, first of all, some of the stuff in the movie, it looks fucking incredible. It is absolutely gorgeous. And obviously I wasn't around in London in the 1960s. Uh, Shane could talk about this because he was, um, I was not. <laughs> it, it, it looks like this is a real place. Like, uh, I'm sure it was filmed in London. Uh, however, they made it look like the 1960s. It looks like what I picture the 1960s to look like. Um, it is, right? Can I just point out the thing with yeah. London now it still looks like it did back in the 1960s. Oh, really? Yeah, so all the light effects. I mean, Soho is brightly lit like that. It's all yeah. neon. Yep. It is all neon. Yes. So he's gone for the authentic look. Yeah, and that's another thing I was going to bring up with the neon colors and everything. They play a huge part in the movie. Like, everything is, like, lit in reds and blues, and it's, like, gorgeous. Like, the whole thing. Um there is some like CGI in it, but I think yeah. the, the he uses it very mildly. Like uh, you know, it's not over the top weird CGI zooming around and stuff. It's it's more like he peppers it in as he needs to um, to do things you can't actually film. 
Um, so this was the first time I've seen an Edgar Wright movie that wasn't like a straight up comedy. And it was fucking, it was like unbelievable. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like an amazing director. It's not just that he makes great comedies. He yeah. like makes amazing movies. Um, so I, I, I really, really love this movie. Um, I just saw it this morning and I'm like, oh my God, that was so awesome. I can't wait to like watch it again and stuff. Um, and see if I could pick up like other weird things that I maybe missed uh, the first time going through it. Um, the stories, it's not too complex. Uh, there's a young girl, Ellie, uh, played by Thomason McKenzie. And uh, she grows up in the sticks uh, in England. She's like, uh, you know, out in the countryside and wants to become like a uh, fashion designer. So she gets uh -huh. accepted to this fashion school in London, uh, in Soho. And, um, so she wants to go there, but it turns out she, there's like some other background stuff that had happened. Her mom had passed away when she was young and she died in London and, uh, her grandmother kind of wants her to go and kind of doesn't want her to go. Like she wants, he wants, wants her to be safe, but thinks she might be overwhelmed by traveling to London. And also she can see ghosts. Like she could see her mom. Whenever she's, like, holding a picture of her, she can see her in the reflection of a mirror. So she's got some weird, like, I don't know, telepathy, whatever, some type of psychic something or other. Um, so she goes to fashion school, stays in a dorm and hates it, and is like, oh, I want to get my own place. Goes out, finds a place that she could rent. She rents a place from Diana Rigg, and uh, it's like an old, scummy, you know, apartment. Um and when she falls asleep, she sort of like hallucinates, dream sequences, time travels. She sees the past, essentially. And she like goes back to the 1960s and starts like following slash becoming Anya Taylor-Joy as Sandy, who wants to be like a stage singer. And so she's going around to clubs and she's like auditioning and, you know, meeting people and stuff. But every night, you know, um, Ellie keeps tr wants to go and see what happens next. So she's constantly, you know, skipping class or whatever um, to, like, go see what happens to Sandy. And, like, Sandy starts getting, like, everything becomes more darker. And she's, like, her the guy she thought was nice is actually, like, trying to pimp her out. And he's, like, this is how you get into show, show business and making her, like, sleep with dudes and stuff. And there's like everything turns dark and she eventually starts to, to become a flat out prostitute. And um, and then like the reality starts like slipping for for Ellie. Like she doesn't know if she's sometimes in the dream or if she's in, you know, reality and stuff. And her friends at school are fucking think she's a crazy weirdo. And it like, I don't know, it, it, it's just like engaging. Like the story just keeps moving on both timelines. Um, and you can see her like sanity start to slipping as she's like, she sees like ghosts in places and, but they can like hurt her sometimes. It's weird. Like she gets a hickey when she's in a dream sequence and then she wakes up and she still has the hickey and she's like, Oh, okay. That's weird. So it's sort of like a, a nightmare in Elm street kind of thing. Like if you fall asleep, she might end up dying. If, uh, if, um, uh, Sandy dies in a dream. So, but it's really good. Anya Taylor joy is amazing in the movie and she's like a sex bomb in this when she shows up you're like oh my god i've never seen her like this way you're like holy shit she's like just absolute sex on wheels 
um, as opposed to Ellie, who's like this timid girl who like makes, <laughs> you know, like droopy dresses that she wears around. Um, and it's all about her, like, getting her confidence and stuff. Um, the cast is excellent. All the performances are really good. The soundtrack, I mean, I don't know a lot about 1960s music, but I guess if you're into 1960s music, this is, like, a ridiculous soundtrack that features, I don't know, like, a ton of songs. It's all background music, and the girl, like, the girl listens to this, like, 60s music to get her in the, the mindset so she can sort of travel back to the 60s. And yeah, yeah, it's if you look it up, I'm sure you'll find stuff that uh, that people know. Um, But yeah, it's just really, really an excellent movie. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'd give this one a solid eight, maybe even a nine out of ten. Wow. Um, And it was just super good. I loved like everybody in it. Um, And everybody what I liked about it, too, wasn't that like people were good or bad. Like it was more just like people have good sides and dark sides. Like everybody's it's not all as, as you think it is. Like you think one character is a bad person and then they'll do something good. And you're like, well, okay, but also there's still a scummy person, but you know, it's not just black and white. And there's a couple little twists in the movie um, that I'm not going to give away, but they're like, you see them coming. It's, it's not, an outrageous thing. That's probably the weakest part is that the plot, like I sort of saw where it was going before it got there. And you're like, Oh, is this what it's going to be? Oh yeah, it is. Okay. All right. I got it. But, um, That's a good soundtrack. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Some, it's huge. That's got some classics on there. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's even got a Susie and the Banshees track, which I will say seems kind of out of place. Cause that track came out in 1980. Um, they, <clears throat> so they also play, I, I heard one or two covers because it's yeah. not just, it, you know, it's taking place in modern day as well. So, oh, right. Okay. Uh, that right. Would explain. Banshee's yes. track, yeah. right. What, what they'll end up doing is that in the past, they'll play like the original no, version of a song. And then as it transitions into the future, you're like, maybe you'll still hear the same music, but it's tweaked a little bit. Right. So that's probably what that is. Like, I, I don't know which uh, part had had them in it, but I'm sure that's what that is. So but it was really good. I really liked it. And unfortunately, like Mike said, this is one of those movies you can't fucking just go out and stream if you want. It's like 20 bucks to rent. Um, I, I don't necessarily recommend that because I find that an atrocious price. If it was $7, I'd say absolutely go rent it and watch it. Um, other than that, wait for it to show up on streaming, um, but definitely check this one out. No, uh, fuck it. Be... I might even take a trip to the cinema tomorrow to watch it. Yeah, it might be worth going to the movies because it's gorgeous. If you could see it on the big screen, absolutely beautiful. I really liked it. Do you know so... what? I'm actually going to check my my, cin- my local cinema now. And Here if it's go. on, I will... if it's on, I will book a ticket. One ticket sold, Edgar. Right now, where's my money? <laughs> yeah, where's my money, bitch? <laughs> Um, let's see. I like Edgar Wright, but I thought Baby Driver was annoying as fuck. Oh, fuck me. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is out as well. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. I Sorry, Shane. I got confused between that and the raccoon trailer you posted. Oh, man. That trailer looks so good. It looks so good. I heard Welcome to Raccoon City, and all I pictured was the little raccoons with machine guns. <laughs> That look, I just saw the trailer for that, and I'm like, I need to see this movie because it looks so good. Oh my god! 
It's going to be bad, but you know, it's just it's, it yeah, obviously it's going to be bad. You know, got to watch it, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. I do got another one if you guys want to talk about it, or I could save it for our ne- our end of the year wrap up. Uh, I also watched Great White, which is a shark movie. It's up to you. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna I'm sure go into detail about some movies on that next episode. So yeah, I'll save it for next time. I don't got a whole lot to say about it. It it, it wasn't good. Um, but <laughs> whatever. <I'll> st- <laughs> so if you're listening, you could tune out that part of the. Yeah, podcast. you don't got to listen to that part of the next episode. Obviously, that's a lot uh, of fucking good. Last night in Soho is not even on at my local cinema. Oh, that what sucks. And yeah. you live in London too. That's nuts. Right. I That's live right. in Norwich. He lives in Soho. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, oh, I could go and see Eternals. Uh, From what I hear, Eternals is dog shit. I heard um, it's one of the worst Marvel movies. Yeah, Dune. Um, Dune is amazing. CBB's Christmas show, the night before Christmas. Yeah, I think I'll avoid that one. A film called Boxing Day. Boss Baby, Canadian movie, Bing's, huh? uh, Bing's Christmas and other stories, um, uh, and the Adams Family too. Yeah, I won't be going to see any of those. Uh, let me check the other film, the other cinema. <laughs> Just listen to Shane call up movie phone. We don't have times. anything like that in the UK. Well, they don't have any. Is. A joke from the 1990s. All right. Uh, uh. <sighs> well, if you have any other... Uh, you should do your outro, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Shane, I have no. nothing else I want to I want to talk about. So, oh, well, I was going to talk about this TV show as well. Oh, I forgot about that. I, you yeah. know what? Before you mention that, I almost watched a TV show because I was like, oh, I'll squeeze one in. Um, I was going to watch the pilot episode of um, I Know What You Did Last Summer because I heard it's the biggest pile of dog shit ever. So I was going to try to I was going to try to squeeze that one episode into shit on it, but I did not make it. So I'll have to save that for another time. But what Shane, what was the other show you watched? Well, right. Quickly, I'll go through. I watched um, a movie, uh, a TV show called Hellbound. Uh, which is obviously a Korean movie or Korean TV show. It's basically uh, people hear predictions on when they will die. So basically they see um, like this apparition appear in front of them and it tells them you will die on this date. And when that time comes, a death angel appears in front of them and kills them, except they look like apes. They're like a cross between apes and demons. And... They're pretty fucking brutal. They don't hold back. And it's basically, it starts off with this guy running down a street or through a street. Um, and he's basically trying to run away from something, but you don't know quite what. And it's essentially, he he knows, it's obviously, it's his time, you know. Um, because all these people who die go to hell. So there is no cho- there is no choice, but basically they all get chosen to go to hell, and um, <laughs> you basically see this guy running through the streets of Seoul, and these demonic entities appear. But just before they appear, you hear these three three bangs, um, 
Oh, they're like th booms, really. So you hear these three booms, and then these demons appear out of nowhere and basically rip you apart and then basically burn you up. So all that is left is a withered, charred husk on the floor. And it's kind of brutal in that sense, and it's kind of cool. Um, but basically, it's essentially following this one guy whose wife is pregnant and she's going into labor. She's in hospital. And when she goes in to see the baby, um, the baby has an apparition and says in three days, child, you, you will be chosen to go to hell. So the father, um, finds all these other, finds these other this group of people, including an ex lawyer, and like there's a few other prominent members of society in this group seeking for their help and their plan is to basically try and stop this baby from being taken to hell and before that you see all these other people all these other victims of what happens to them there's like there's this woman with her two kids she gets this apparition appear in front of her in front of her two kids and it says, in seven days, you will go to hell. And she basically has to send her kids packing away um, to someone in Canada or somewhere like that. Um, so she can basically not have their guilt, have them witness what happens. And basically, there's this group that um, they're called, oh, I can't remember what the name of the fucking church they're called what they call themselves, but basically there's this religious group. There's always a religious group. Uh, oh, yeah, they're called the New Truth, and it's basically run by this one guy who had something happen to him, and he witnessed something that made him believe that Jesus or God is real and all this kind of shit. And basically they have all these camera crews turn up to film live this woman's death from her apartment so they basically take out a whole wall of her apartment and have all these camera crews set up and there's this group of people who are there to witness it and um, basically they just witness her being thrown around her apartment and basically being ripped apart and then being incinerated on the spot so uh yeah that's generally the premise behind the whole whole tv show but as it progresses it gets more um political um it gets kind of fucking twisted i would say so that um so i would say um hellbound on netflix is definitely worth a watch it's only six episodes but each episode is an hour long yeah um so that's worth a watch and the other show that i watched was elves um which is that was that's another six episode series um it's a christmas vacation a family turns up into this small town turns into a nightmare for a teenager and her family when they discover an ancient menace that stalks their island getaway and it's basically they turn up a girl finds an elf or they hit something with their car so the girl goes back to find out what it was they hit she discovers it's an injured elf so they pick it up and the townspeople find out what's going on they're like, no, you need to get rid of it or you need to leave because it's kind of like Le uh, you're familiar with the sh TV show League of Gentlemen. It's like this is a local place for local people. We'll have no trouble here. Um, that kind of mentality. 
and it's basically the forest is all completely walled off with an electric fence. So basically the elves can't get into the town and the townsfolk don't go in there apart from when they're feeding them live cows. Um, but that was that was kind of that was all right, you know. Was, uh, I'd give that maybe a six out of ten. It's not overly gory, but there's got some nice horror elements in there. And each episode is only about twenty five minutes long, so that's not too bad, really. Um, but it was oh, there there was one really cool death in it, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, basically, this guy goes into the into the woods. And he's on the walkie-talkie, and basically the other guy realises that an elf has escaped, and he says, you need to get out of there, you need to get out of the forest, and this guy trips over, and then he gets pulled underground by this elf, and then the guy is stood by his car, and then something comes flying over the fence, and this this guy's head. So they're like, oh, well, it's all gone to shit, we need to sort something out about this, and then when they do, it all goes a bit tits up. And... It's actually quite amusing in places, but, you know, I, I kind of liked it. And although it's um, a lot of it's CGI, there are some practical effects in there, but the whole thing is got a very sinister look about it. So that was quite interesting to watch. Mm. Yeah, that was a quick one then now, if it's uh, if they're only half hour episodes, huh? Yeah, literally, I was quite surprised, but I mean, there's six episodes, so you could do it in even easily in one scene. Nice. Wraps up the whole story, too? It's not like, wait for season yeah. two. Yeah, it wraps up the whole season. Um, there probably will be a season two, I would imagine, um, and the same with Hellbound, actually. It definitely leaves it open for a second season, um, but yeah, this one was kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. <clears throat> Hellbound sounds more like my speed. I think I want to check that one out. Sweet. So anything else, fellas? Or can we wrap this one up? Let's wrap this shit up. All right. Wrap it up and flush it. (laughs) Wrap it up and flush it. (laughs) That's a good hashtag for the movie. Or for the podcast. Yeah, fuck it. Wrap it up and flush it. What does, that mean? what does that mean? You wrap your know. shit up before you flush it? <laughs> no, I was going to say, that's probably more of a good fucking um, good tagline for the podcast, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flush it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, if you want to reach the podcast, you can reach us on allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com or Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. If you want to get a hold of me, I am on Twitter at Ryan Tutelo. On Instagram, all you need, Ryan. I'm on the Facebook group, the UHM Fans Facebook group, and you can find me on the upcoming HorrorMovies.com message board as well. Mike? Uh, I do the Instagram, all you need is blood podcast. I also have my own, which is uh, Whittemore. Um, I am on the Facebook group. I am on the forums. I am everywhere. Besides Twitter. <laughs> Besides Twitter. I don't do Twitter. that shit. I like how he says, I am everywhere. Like, that's not entirely creepy whatsoever, is it? I'll always be near. Fucking weirdos. (laughs) Shane, how about you? 
Oh, me? Um, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Dead Cell Society, and Instagram, um, at RoboGenius74. And I'm also on the uh, um, Facebook um, group as well. So, yeah, I'm about. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for joining me, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And I'll just say bye for now. Bye. Bye, guys. Oh, man. I'm gassy and grumpy. I got a mark that I did not cover this movie, because I'm going to forget about it if I don't do that. So, yeah, I figure for next episode, we'll do our best and worst of the year. Oh, sorry, I was yawning. Yeah, that uh, that works. If I that, can't we... make it, I will give you a list to read out of my best and worst movies. All right. Well, I, well, let's try to do both. We'll do like best horror, and then like best, you know, regular movies. <coughs> yeah. And then after that, we'll do uh, we'll do Val in the video game one. Yes, I gotta still do that. I've been trying to i've been doing my best to finish dark souls 3 so i can start the game that i want to do for that i all i have left is one dlc i finished one of the dlcs last night i'm like all right one more and elisa and her uh mom and sister and all them are going to some awful awful music thing tonight at like uh the casino which is an hour and a half away from me i'm like oh I'll be by myself. I'm like, as soon as you guys leave, I'm putting blood. I'm putting uh, Dark Souls on, and I'm just playing <laughs> until you come back. <laughs> it's a solid Saturday. Oh, I love it! And I secretly bought a whole case of extra spicy taquitos that I'm gonna wait until they leave and then eat. Oh fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> Secret taquitos. <laughs> Secret taquitos are the best taquitos. <laughs>